0: Hello and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. I'm your host Miles Dawson, and today I'm very pleased to welcome two guests to the podcast. We have with us John Delaney and Marta Pinto. Welcome to you both. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Now, um, uh, John, uh, we've had you on the podcast before, so welcome back. And um, Marta, I wonder if you could give our listeners just a quick overview of what you do at IDC in coverage.
1: I'm a senior analyst for mobile devices. I mostly cover smartphones, feature phones, and I have an overview of all smart home uh, wearables AR VR tracker.
2: And, and I'm basically a networks guy, and, um, as, as you've probably gathered from our previous mm-hmm. outing miles. And uh, while that's all very well, you know, what people are really interested in in these areas is what they can buy in the shops. And mm-hmm. so why, that's why I thought it was particularly worth getting Marta along today to uh, talk a bit more about the interesting stuff on 5G and, and what's in the pipeline.
0: Brilliant. So yeah, let's start off with that actually because we spoke about 5G a couple of months ago on the previous podcast and at the time, John, you said to me that you weren't expecting to see operators offering 5G services before 2020 but uh, we're hearing now from operators they're actually aiming to launch 2019 and some of them are even in this year, in 2018.
2: So what's the scope? What's going on? That's a good question and I think the short answer to that is uh, marketing. So there's a a lot uh, lot of kudos involved in being first to market with something new. And uh, whether you are or are not first comes down to a matter of definition in many cases. So nobody could have 5G on the market before the beginning of this year because there was no 5G standard. You know, if, we, if we take as a definition of 5G, it complies with the 3GPP standards, then before this year, nobody could claim that. Mm. We now have a 3GPP standard. Uh, albeit only half of one, and we'll get to that a little bit later, but enough of one to claim that if you comply with that standard, then you're 5G. All very well. So it's all very well to have the 5G network up and running. But if you can't sell somebody a 5G device, you have not, in my opinion, launched a commercial service. This is not stopping some operators from claiming to be first with commercial 5G. We've seen a couple of the Middle Eastern operators, for example, and a bit more recently one of the Finnish operators, Elisa, claiming to be the first with commercial 5G. And it's a matter of definition, but if you take as definition that it needs to use a device that you can buy commercially, then nobody yet has a commercial 5G service on the market. Lots of trials going on and mm. some of those trials are now quite advanced and a lot of those trials now involving standard technology so you know I don't want to minimize the fact that there's been a lot of progress mm. but right now you can't buy 5g as a punter and that's the that's the that's the crucial difference for me the, the big determinant of, of commercial is whether you can buy a device
0: absolutely so what makes it such an important aspect for operators then for 5g all right so there's a lot of growing talk about 5G devices in the market. So let me, let me ask you this. When do you expect the first 5G device to come out? When, when can I buy one? When can I get one in my hand?
1: Well, we are currently forecasting the first 5G devices to arrive in the market in the second half of 2019. But again, you will be able to buy a flagship device. You won't be able to use it if there are, there are no networks in place.
2: There's always a bit of chicken and egg going on between the, the, the service side and the device side. You know?
1: Yes, many manufacturers are pushing for 5G-enabled devices, the market is going down, there are not many novelties and innovations in the latest devices, so they are pushing for something new and something new here is new usage. New capabilities on devices, artificial intelligence, and processing capacity, mm. and probably that that will be unleashed when 5G networks are available.
2: And we've been talking about smartphones, but actually the other probability is that the first 5G smart 5G devices, I beg your pardon, on the market won't even be smartphones, right, Martha?
1: Exactly, John. Probably the first 5G devices will be the routers so that people can, can have 5G networks enabled in their home or in the premises of a small office, for example. You will have uh, the ability to have a wireless environment and then you can connect your device, either if it is a smartphone, smart camera, your AR, VR, whatever you have at home, to a 5G router.
0: That's interesting, because I know, I know from what we spoke about last time, John, that the, the big push for 5G, the value is the bandwidth, right? That's, right? that's the main thing. Exactly. It's not necessarily quicker, it's just a larger bandwidth. So, so I remember the example we gave was using your mobile phone at Wembley Stadium, like <laughs> how difficult it can be when you've got 70 other thousand people all trying to access the 4G network, everything slows down, whereas 5G is about giving a bigger pipe pushing down to all those people. I got that right? Correct. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, when you've got all these other devices, like AR, VR, for example, all these IoT-enabled devices in your home, you need something with a bigger bandwidth to be able to handle all these different devices.
2: So we talked earlier, Miles, about being confused about uh, what all these things that, that operators are doing is 5G and, and mm. why so early. Another thing that's confusing that issue mm. is that several operators around the world, particularly in the US, are using 5G radio standard mm. uh, for what's called fixed wireless access. And what that means basically is using the radio link in place of a wireline, say a fiber or, or, or cable, to connect to home to broadband. Mm. So it's using the same radio technology as, as a 5G mobile network, but it's not mobile. Mm. It, it doesn't support movement away from that transmitter to another transmitter. Yeah. So, you know, if you're in your home connected to this 5G service, then you're fine. But if you move out of your home, you lose a connection. Mm. What some operators are now looking at doing, and, and 3, for example, the UK is a good example of this, is using 5G mobile network
0: mm.
2: for home broadband. Uh, so there's nothing technically different mm. in the network from just a general 5g mobile network but because of these devices that Martha was talking about the routers are coming onto the market first mm. these operators are looking to get early 5g traction with their user base by offering services that basically give you home broadband mm. but instead of using a, a cable or a wire mm. to, to connect that to the operating network you use the 5G radio. Mm.
0: So, Marta, big question. Do you think I should buy one of the first 5G smartphones?
1: Well, you'll probably buy one if, you, <laughs> if you're if you a flagship device uh, consumer. Mm-hmm. Um, we expect that the first 5G-enabled devices will be the flagship from the main manufacturers. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, people will buy it, uh, not because it's a 5G-enabled device, but because it's a flagship from a great brand. Mm-hmm. And because it will bring the good look and feel, better design, better experience, processing power and battery power. Mm. So it will be an expensive device. Mm. But the price is just one of the the factors that Mm. leads someone to buy a smartphone. And if it's a flagship device, you'll buy it anyway.
2: Yeah, regardless. Okay. So what we're saying really mm. is, is that the early buyers will be those that just have to have the latest technology. Yeah. They'll, be, they'll be gadget freaks. So yeah, yeah. buy one, Miles, because <laughs> you're, you're right in the demographic. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm very much in that demographic. <laughs> and you don't mind about version 1.0 syndrome, do you? <laughs> no, exactly.
1: Well, you'll have to bear in mind that uh, probably it will bring mm. some bugs. You won't mm-hmm. be able to have all the feature, features available. You won't mm-hmm. be connecting to a 5G network because... Not straight five, away. Yeah, not straight away. You'll have to wait or just... Mm use 5G enabled device uh, your your 5G device in specific spots mm. in specific premises in mm. or in main london or paris and not all over the the country
0: so is it the situation then when um if for example you've got a shopping mall would they be able to fix kind of like 5G um, routers in there that you could if you have a 5G enabled smartphone you'd be able to get 5G sort of signal inside, yeah, inside buildings.
2: It wouldn't be a router. Well, no. it could be. It actually, it could be a combination, but but it would be more likely to be what we call a small cell. Oh, yes. Which yeah. is basically something that uses the same technology as, as, a, as a mobile mm-hmm. network's radio transmitters, but in a much smaller form factor and, mm-hmm. and, and lower power and, and, and a more mm-hmm. limited range. I mean, you can even, even get small cells that cover nothing more than your home mm. but yes you're, you're absolutely right what what we're likely to see is operators d- at an early stage of 5g deploying capacity in specific locations mm. like shopping malls, is a very yeah. good example where a lot of people are, are going to be wanting to use probably quite high bandwidth services in in, in the same location at the same time mm. yes theoretically you you could probably you could do that with with wi-fi as well but but yeah, you know, the more likely scenario is, is a small cell deployment in uh, mm. In, in that case, but yeah. That, so then, it, it, from the end user's point of view, the, the device will use exactly the same network as, as it would if they're out in the wide area. Exactly.
0: They're just it, it. But it it opens a whole new uh, sort of value proposition for so, let's say a stadium or someone owning sure. a, a shopping centre to say, well, you come. You, you know, you you can't get five G if you go outside. But if you come to shop in our software shop, you might be able to uh, get access to a 5G that you can't get anywhere else.
2: Yeah, and it's quite possible that those hotspot deployments will feature more prominently mm. uh, in 5G than in previous Gs. Amongst other reasons, because you know, as we discussed last time, 5G uses higher high frequency spectrum mm. than than previous Gs have used. And, and higher frequency spectrum, although you can get more capacity in there, also, the signal doesn't travel so far. So, so they, the, the yeah, that concentration of capacity in, in limited areas is likely to be more prominent in, in the early days of the market.
1: And probably solving some problems like airports, mm. airports. Yeah. high-density areas. Mm. Yeah.
0: OK, you guys have convinced me I'm going to buy one of the first 5G smartphones as soon as it's on the market. So is there anything I need to be aware of, any possible issues I'm going to face?
2: Well, there is a potential dirty little secret here, Miles, and Mm -hmm. I think I ought to let you into it, which is that if you buy one of the very first 5G devices, you might end up with a 4G device.
0: Ah. Now,
2: (laughs) the reason for that is, without wanting to get into too much detail, is that the 5G standard has been split into two. And The Mm -hmm. first phase of the standard is called NSA, which means non-standalone, and that means basically you stick a 5G radio on a 4G core network. Hmm. The second phase, which has not been finalized yet, is called SA, standalone, and that's a 5G radio on a 5G core. Hmm. Now the radio communicates with the core using different protocols in both of those cases. Of course, the early 5G chipsets will be NSA because hmm. that's the first phase of the standard. The other one doesn't exist yet. question, therefore, is whether those devices that use those early NSA chipsets will be able to work on an SA network when that comes along. Some doubt about that because of this protocol difference. So it could be that the very earliest 5G devices will end up not working on 5G networks once operators get go to, go to full standalone mode. Um, question then of whether that worries you, uh-huh. because you're probably thinking about buying a new phone by then anyway.
0: All right. Well, thank you very much. It's been super interesting today, and, but that is all the time we have for today. So thank you all very much for listening. Please do make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud or iTunes or wherever else you like to enjoy your podcasts, so you can join us next time. Um, in the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at IDC underscore Emir. Uh, John, you on Twitter?
2: I'm on Twitter. It's at John underscore P underscore D. in, And Marta?
1: Uh, on Twitter with the address at mpinto underscore IDC underscore UK
0: Brilliant, and we're on LinkedIn and on YouTube too you can search us there under IDC in the air. Thank you all very much, see you next time Always a pleasure
1: Thank you